Hi there. My name is EJ Huang, your host today. I hope you enjoy the message to child evangelism teachers by Mr. Overholzer from the previous episode. In this episode, he discussed the important topic for any Christian teachers who are ministering to children in March 1943 in a magazine of child evangelism. Looking back to the history, the World War II broke out in 1943. After the Great Depression in the States, people had to seek their own security from during the World War II. Confusion, unrest, fear. You know, they lived in unprecedented times like we are living now, even though it is a somewhat different scale and different issue. Gospel, children, evangelism and Bible. You know, these words might be very strange terms to those Christians living in those times. But Mr. Overholzer was not distracted, but focused on what he was called to do. So I would like to read his guide regarding the teacher's textbook. Please enjoy his passion and burden for children through this episode. Some may be more concerned about the teacher than the teacher's message, more interested in the method than the message. But what we teach will determine whether we are the servants of God or the servants of Satan. What to teach is of supreme importance. In some fields of teaching, there may be a number of textbooks from which to choose. But in teaching for God, there is but one textbook, one book of which the Holy Spirit is the author and interpreter, which is the Bible. Courses of study based on the Bible are helpful and often very necessary. But the book, the book is our final authority, and the Bible is the only textbook. You may differ from the author of a textbook on literature or even history, but if you differ with the author of the Bible, you are disqualified. In other fields, the statements of a textbook can be investigated and proved true or false. The Bible makes statements regarding heaven and hell, for example, that must be accepted or rejected upon the authority of the textbook. For there is no way to prove their truth or falsity until it would be altogether too late. We may honestly differ regarding the interpretation of scripture and still be true to the book and the author. We may recognize slight variations in the King James or and the Revised Versions without raising a question regarding the accuracy of the original scriptures. Some doctrines of the Bible are from the very nature of the case of minor importance, while some are so vital that the whole fabric of truth will depend upon their acceptance or rejection. Observation and experience prove that God continues to bless those who cling to the vital things, even though they differ widely on minor questions. The proof is also overwhelmingly strong that those who deny God's word or the fundamentals of the faith soon cease to be winners of souls. 
soon lose the blessing of God. You know, the Bible is our infallible guide. If the Bible is fallible, its final authority is God. It does not deal with changing theories. It states tremendous and eternal facts. No one but God could know or declare these facts as facts. It is not enough to believe that God is the author of the Bible. He must be the author of every line and syllable of the original copies. Unless the scriptures at first given are inerrant, we have but a faulty message. Who can be expected to trust his eternal salvation to a message that is subject to error? Who would dedicate his all to a call that rests upon such a shaky foundation? A teacher who does not believe in the inerrant character of the whole Bible is disqualified as a teacher. He or she may be saved, but is nevertheless unfit to teach others. For how can I teach others that which I do not believe? If I doubt a part of the world by the same process of reasoning by which that part was rejected, all the rest would in time be subject to question. A teacher must be true to his one textbook. A teacher must know the textbook. It is freely admitted that no one knows the Bible perfectly. But if we are to teach the Word, we should at least be faithful students of the Word. Each of us has a great and infallible teacher, the Holy Spirit. But still we need to study to show ourselves approved unto God and rightly dividing the word of truth in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. I believe that the logical way to make teachers is to encourage them to study and teach, and teach and study. As fast as we learn, we can impart what we have learned. We have no right to teach our opinions apart from the word. We should teach the word, the word the Word. How much of so-called Bible teaching is anything but teaching the Word? Can the unadulterated Word be taught to children? It surely can, by those who are speed-taught and are wise in the Lord. Some are said to tremble at His Word in Isaiah 66 verse 5. If to you the word is a light thing, if to you the word of God is not sacred, if to you the truths of the book are not the very word of God, to be disregarded and your peril, you are not ready to teach the word to children. If I am not ready to teach, what shall I do? Get ready. Fall on your face before God in the sorrow of repentance, and He will prepare you. He will call you, 
and He will anoint you. Hmm. What Mr. Overholter discusses is very foundational for our belief and teaching. You know, 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17 says that all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. Do you firmly believe that the Bible you teach is the Word of God? If you have doubts, please take it seriously and ask God to forgive you. Thank you for joining me today. Please stay tuned until I meet you at the next episode.